Hello there, I'm Minister Paula Cornett. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast, Revelations from the Heart. I am so excited about what the Lord has in store for you today, and I hope that you will be encouraged by today's message. I'd love to stay connected with you online. You can go to my website at www.paulacornett.weebly.com. Well, grab your Bible and let's get into today's episode. In today's episode, episode number six, we'll be continuing with the teaching of foundations of faith. And we're going to be looking at the third foundation, which is baptisms. Did you know that baptisms is a foundation of the Christian faith? Did you also know that there are three separate baptisms in scripture? The first one is done by the Holy Spirit. The second one is done by Jesus. And the third one is done by believers. We're going to look at all three today. So get ready because here we go. So if you've been following along in this series, I've been teaching about the six foundations of faith. And I'm so excited about this series because I believe it's so, so very important that we as believers make sure that our knowledge of each and every one of these principles is solid. And it's also, it's just so essential that as believers that that we know these and that we know these so much so that we're able to teach them to someone else. Just kind of like when you learn your ABCs. I mean, everyone that's listening to this podcast that can read knows their ABCs so well that they're able to teach them to someone else. And that's the way that we're supposed to know these principles, just like we know our ABCs. And that before you can go on to start reading, you first have to be grounded in your ABCs because if not, you're going to have trouble along the way. So in Hebrews 6, we've been looking in the book of Hebrews where the writer lays out these six foundational principles or doctrines of our faith. And just as a house must be built on a firm foundation, the same is true for each and every one of us spiritually, that we must be established on a firm foundation of spiritual principles that are in the word of God. When you are built on a firm foundation, you'll be able to discern what's right from wrong. When you're built on a firm foundation, it will elevate you to another level because God wants each and every one of us. He wants us to mature. He wants us to grow. He wants us to go to the next level. And when this happens, when you're built on a firm foundation, you will also be able to make wise spiritual conclusions. So that means that when the society around you is trying to put the teachings of the Bible and the word of God trying to give it a back seat that you will still hold true and hold fast to these teachings so that you will not succumb to the things that people in our society are coming to. And that's exactly what's happening today is that the teaching of the word of God, there has been a void of the teaching of the Bible. It amazes me when I go to churches, different churches and go to minister and I encounter people that some of them have been believers for a very long time, but they are not grounded in the basics And it's just really sad to me how that you could be going to church for so many years and still not know the basics. And so my job and what I feel called to do at this time with this podcast is to lay that foundation once again. And then once that foundation is laid, we can move on together. So we've been looking in the book of Hebrews and I've already given an introduction and an overview of that book. You have to go back and listen to uh, the other podcast. I think it's called Intro to the uh, introduction to the book of Hebrews, where I lay all that out so you can go back there. And so we've been talking about uh, in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1. So if you have your Bible, you can just grab your Bible and go on to the book of Hebrews and we will look at this portion of scripture together. 
Okay, so Hebrews 6, uh, 1 and 2, and it says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. I want to pause right there, and I want to look at this word perfection and what this word means. This word perfection is actually the Greek word teleates, and this word is a word that means moving upward into a higher dimension. Okay, it pictures a student passing from one grade to the next. So God wants us to keep growing. God wants us to be elevated to the next level. He doesn't want us to stay at the baby stage. God wants us to grow. He wants us to mature. And in order to do that, you must apply the word of God. Now, Pastor Parsley, he used to say that you can't just read the Bible, but you got to study the Bible. You know, when you started to read, before you got really good at reading, what did you had to practice? You had to practice each and every day. And the more you practice, the better that you got. So the more that you open up the word of God and read that word, and in a sense, you have to chew on that word. You have to, you know, uh, the Bible talks about meditating on the word. And the, when you meditate, it's the word that means to to mutter or to, to, to roll over, you know, and kind of talk it out to yourself. And God will begin to open that thing up to you. So, you know, I got an illustration that I remember that when I was in, elementary school learning my multiplication and the teacher would go over our multiplication tables with us all week so like for example if we were like on the twos she would go over the twos and she would do a lesson and then she would do flashcards. we had flashcard races we had worksheets we had um other things i can't remember what else but we all that week we were studying and and looking at these particular um the particular multiplication table because there was going to be a test on Friday and every Friday she would give us a time test of the particular um, number like if it was the twos she would give us a time test on the twos and so forth and so we'd have to practice this all week and so then not only was there practice time in school but then there was practice time at home so when I went home in the evening either my parents or my brother one of my brothers or my sister even Kim she would she would get in on it um, they would drill me with the flashcards and so then what I did on my own is if any, if I had any problems with mem remembering any of them, I would write them down out several times. So that would make sure that by Friday I was ready for this test because in order to go to the next level, you had to pass this test. So when Friday came, we all had the same amount of time to complete the test. And if we didn't pass that test, we could only miss, I can't remember how many, but like three or less, you could only miss before you'd be advanced to the next level. So in order to pass this test, you had to make sure, she wanted to make sure that you knew these multiplication tables so that everyone could move on together. And the same is true with the word of God, that before you move on, God wants to make sure that you are first firmly set in the foundational principles so that he can, be, can begin to build and that you can move forward and that you can help and witness and minister to others. Okay, let's look again at Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. And we're going to do a review of the first two doctrines. Just a really quick review. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Now, you know what that word perfection means? It's the Greek word teleates. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Now, in previous episodes, and if you want to hear the totality about repentance from dead works, you'll have to go back and listen to the archive because I'm just going to um, review. But that repentance is a decision not based in emotion. Now, emotion may accompany it, but uh, tears and emotion is not 
doesn't signify that someone has repented. The fruit of repentance is going to be a change in behavior. Okay, that there is going to be a change in behavior. That is the fruit of repentance. The Bible says in Acts 17 30 that all men everywhere must repent. So we all have to repent. Repentance accompanies salvation. All right, if you haven't repented, you might not be saved. So you want to make sure that you have repented of your sins. All right. And also we learned that it says that the foundation of repentance, that, that word foundation is the Greek word that means that it must be set in stone. So repentance, this is a foundational truth that must be set in stone in your life. And the next one was faith toward God. Now, while some people think they know what faith is, this is talking about faith that's towards God. It was the Greek word pestistos epitheon. It means complete trust, no self-reliance, rests only on God and God alone. So just doing your good works or good deeds is not your ticket into heaven. And if you're relying on those good works and good deeds to get into heaven, then you might as well forget it. All right. It's not your way in that your faith alone must be in Christ and his blood and his blood alone, not your works or your deeds. Your faith must be in Christ. All right. Ephesians 2 and 10 says that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Now, a byproduct of being saved, of your trust being in God, is that you will automatically want to be want to and be compelled to do good works. But your good works alone is not gonna not gonna be your ticket in. So we want to make sure that those two things are established. That you must repent and that repentance must be set in stone in your life and that your faith must be in God and God alone must be in Jesus Christ and his blood alone and nothing else. And this brings us to our number three um, foundational truth, which is baptisms. All right. Now notice that it says baptisms, which is plural and not baptism, which is singular. All right. There are three separate baptisms in scripture. We're going to go over each and every one. The first one the first baptism is done by the Holy Spirit. The second one is done by Jesus. And the third one is done by believers. Now, in Ephesians 4 and 5, it says, this portion of scripture, it says something that could possibly uh, be somewhat confusing. All right. Because it says one Lord, one faith and one baptism. All right. Well, this word baptism is singular. So this in Ephesians 4 and 5, he's talking about a different baptism. He's actually talking about the very first baptism that uh, we're going to talk about in just a few moments. But I want to first look at what the word baptism is in the Greek. It's the Greek word baptismos, which means to wash, to dip, to be fully immersed by someone into something, to dip and die. It means there must be a baptizer and there must be a medium unto which a person is baptized. Now, the earliest use of this word was a word that they used um, when they referred to, it said like someone had a garment and they didn't like the color of the garment. They were trying to change the color of the garment. They would dip the garment in a dye and it, they, it would call, they would call it a dip and dye. And so this is the early use of this word. So this gives us the picture that 
we have been washed in the blood of Jesus, all right? That Jesus covers us in his blood, amen? That's something worth shouting about, all right? So the first baptism in scripture is performed by the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation. This is a supernatural happening, all right? Once you repent, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. He dips you in the blood of Jesus, all right? And then you're washed clean. You, you are now into the body of Christ. It's a supernatural thing. It's not something that you can see. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. And Galatians 3:27 says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. The best way for me to describe this is I was just kind of thinking about and reflecting about um, my sister has four children. And those four children, I've had the opportunity to lead three of them into um, salvation. All right. And the oldest one, my mother, she uh, prayed with him and he received Christ. He's 19 now. He was two years old. Uh, her, her second child, he's 17 now. And he was six years old. And her third son is 15 now. And he was six years old. And then her daughter is nine. And she was four years old when she received Jesus Christ and repented of her sins. And so... It's just really amazing when you lead children to the Lord and when they're they're ready to, you know, make that uh, make that commitment. They realize that that they need to be saved. It's just really a precious, precious thing. But I was thinking back to um, uh, when they were saved, you know, and just after praying with them, I just remember that when they opened up their eyes, they looked around and they were just like, wow, you know, they had experienced that conversion. They had experienced that baptism by the Holy Spirit. Um, my sister's middle, well, her third, her third son, the, the one that's 15. Uh, I remember uh, me and his two brothers, we were in at, at his house and went into the laundry room and I got him in a circle and prayed with Kellen. And he, you know, said the sinner's prayer and prayed and repented of his sins. And when he opened up his eyes, he looked from the left, looked to the right, said, auntie, I feel so clean. I feel so new. And I realized that he had experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was a supernatural thing. But for those of you that have been saved, you probably think back to when you got saved and say, yeah, I remember experiencing that. That was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it was the work that the Holy Spirit does. All right. The second baptism is performed by Jesus. Now, this one is exciting. And this is one of my most favorite subjects in all of Scripture. And that is that Jesus baptizes us into the Holy Spirit. All right. Jesus is the baptizer and we're baptized into the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in uh, Matthew 3 11, well, no, this was John that said this. I'm sorry. It says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who was coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So Jesus baptized, when Jesus baptized you, he baptizes you into the Holy Spirit or into the power of God. Acts 1 and 5, Jesus said, for, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now we see this fulfilled in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit came upon the, upon the, the apostles and the disciples that were in the upper room, we've seen that this was the introduction of the Holy Spirit. Now, 
Speaking in tongues, being filled with the Holy Spirit is not a requirement for salvation. All right. But if you want to have spiritual power, this is a requirement. All right. So somebody said, well, you don't speak in tongues. You're not saved. That's not true. You, you can still be saved. Now, this is optional, but it's essential. Okay. So if you're going to operate in the power of God, you need this baptism. You say, well, how do I know that I have it? The proof is that you will speak in a new tongue. You will speak in another language. You will speak in a, in a heavenly language. Okay. So if you don't do that, you haven't had this baptism and you need to definitely have it done, but God's not going to make you do it, but he really wants you to. Okay. So we're going to look at some examples from the scripture. Um, there's a lot in the book of Acts of this second baptism. The book of Acts is a book of patterns of what's right and what's wrong. And we see uh, this pattern of people being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit over and over again. We see in Acts 2, 4 in the upper room, the Bible says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We see that uh, the Sumerians in Acts 8, 14 through 17, that when uh, Peter and John came and they prayed for them, they received the Holy Spirit. We see that with Paul, the Apostle Paul himself, that he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Acts 9, 17 through 18. When Ananias uh, came and prayed for him, he laid hands on Paul and uh, he received his sight and then he was filled with the Holy Spirit. All right. In the house of Cornelius in Acts 10, 44 through 46, uh, it was there that the, they, the Holy Spirit came upon them. They began to speak with other tongues. There was a group of men that Paul encountered in Acts 19, 5 and 6. And when he encountered them, they, uh, he preached to them, they received Christ, and then they were filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So God wants you to have this, and it's available to you, and it can happen at salvation or any time after, okay? And after um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, you, re you receive that power. And if you don't have it, you can pray for it right now. You can say, Father God, baptize me in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he will do it. He will do it. I remember when I was filled with the, with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I was eight years old and it happened. I was, I was saved. If you remember my testimony and have been following along, I was saved when I was seven years old. And so then some months later, I can't remember the time frame, but I know it was shortly thereafter that I was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I remember very vividly, um, it was a decision that I made on my own. I remember my mother was ushering that night and we had a revival uh, at church service. In fact, it was, um, I don't know if you, you may have heard of uh, this minister, Gary Pleasant. He came and did a week revival. And at the end of his message, he called up those that wanted to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I had listened to the message that he was preaching and I, I said, I want that. That's what I want. Yeah, I want that. And so I remember looking back to my mother and I asked for her permission if it was OK if I if I go up there and she nodded and said yes. And so I went to the front and um, there was a long you know, line of people there. And I remember him saying, you know. Someone come and stand uh, behind the people that are up here. And uh, my spiritual uh, mentor at that time, she came and stood behind me. And I remembered I kind of was just like, what's going to happen? What's, what's, what's going on? What's going to happen? And so, um, you know, I had my eyes closed and they prayed. And 
when he came to me, he laid hands on me and prayed for me. And I remember say, just begin to thank the Lord. And I begin to thank the Lord in English and just was like, thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. And then I just remember all of a sudden it just flowed out of me, this heavenly language. And I was just like, wow, this is so amazing. And I remember I just couldn't, when I went home that night, I just kept speaking in tongues all the way in the car. And when I got home, uh, I just went in the room by myself and just began to just to speak in tongues. And my siblings was like, what's wrong with Paula? What's wrong with Paula? And I remember my mom said she received a special gift from God. And um, I just thank God for the power of the Holy Spirit, because without the power of the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. We're not able to do what we do without the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And if you don't have that power, you need it. You need it. You need that power. And you need to ask God to give it to you. And he will. He wants you to have it. Amen. Number three, the third baptism in scripture is probably the one that we're almost familiar with and this one is performed by believers okay the baptizer is a believer and you're baptized into water now baptism occurs after salvation so if you've been baptized before if you haven't been if you just did it because everybody was doing I know my mom she grew up in the Baptist church and when they came a certain age, they just, everybody just got baptized. That's just what they did. There was no repentance of sin, none of that stuff. They just got baptized. And so when she became an adult and truly got saved, then she got baptized again. All right. So you want to make sure that you receive baptism as well. And that baptism occurs after salvation. Now, this one is not essential for salvation either, but it's essential for obedience. A lot of times people struggle in being obedient to God, sometimes because they haven't been baptized. So those who haven't been water baptized, they sometimes tend to struggle. There was a church that I was at at one time, and I just kept noticing that the people just kept, just couldn't, just couldn't seem to, to live right and do right. And so I asked the pastor, I said, have these people been baptized? And not a one of them had been baptized. And I said, you need to baptize these people. Don't skip this step. Don't skip this. Make sure that you get baptized because when you get baptized, you're the you killing you, the old man dies and is buried, and then the new man arises. So there's some things that you need in that old man to, to bury, and you don't want them to be on earth. All right. So don't skip this step. It's interesting to note that the early church believed that baptism was not essential for salvation, but that it was considered essential to be a disciple. Okay, now there were many examples in scripture where individuals, uh, before they were able to do the work of God, that they had to be baptized. Uh, we see in the story again in Acts 8, 12 through 15, we see that uh, the, the Sumerians, uh, that they were, they were baptized. We see that Simon the sorcerer, after he repented in Acts 8 and 13, that he was water baptized of uh, the eunuch that uh, uh, Philip came in contact with. Um, he, he believed, and then he was baptized. Paul in Acts, uh, and that's uh, about the eunuch is in Acts 8, 36 through 38. Paul, the apostle in Acts 9, 18, it says that immediately they fell from his eyes, something like scales, and he received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized. All right. So Paul had already uh, repented and he was saved. 
Then he was baptized in the household of Cornelius. Once again, Acts 10, 47, they were there. They were baptized. The Lydia in Acts 16 through 15, uh, she and her household, the Bible says, they were all water baptized. The Philippian jailer in Acts 16, 33, remember the story of Paul and Silas that when they were in the prison and they began to praise and worship God and, and the prison doors um, shook and, and, the, and, 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 and it just, they just busted out of there where the Philippian jailer saw that and was, was just, you know, taken back by that and he got saved. He said, the Bible says that him and his household and then him and his family were baptized. Okay. Paul meets this group of men once again in Acts 19 and five, and they were also there baptized. So there are three separate baptisms in scripture. One is by the Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural thing that happens that the Holy Spirit does. How he does it, I have no idea. It's a supernatural thing. I don't have to try to figure it out. All that I know is that he does it. He baptizes you into the body of Christ. Only thing that you have to do is repent. That's it. Once you repent, bam, it's activated. All right. The second baptism is a baptism that's done by Jesus. And that's baptizing you into the Holy Spirit. Baptizing you into the power of God. Okay. Because you need the power of God to do his work. You cannot do it on your own and in your own strength. You you, you won't be very successful. But when you have the power of God, he puts the super on your natural. And you're able to do what you could never do in your own strength. And the third one is the baptism that's done by believers. All right? And that is when you're baptized into water. The latter two are not essential, but they're optional. They're not essential for salvation, but you surely do need them. I'd like to leave you just with this thought I was thinking about this and how that um, I started to think about when I eat lasagna or you know you may say well I don't like lasagna well maybe a piece of pizza well I don't like pizza well how about a brownie okay whatever food of choice that you like but something where um like you know when you cut the lasagna you, you get it out with the with the utensil put it on your plate and then there's some of it kind of left in there well I don't know about you but for me I like to get all of my piece I want the whole thing. I want all the, the remnants of it. I want all of it. I just spoon it all out and put it put it on there. And if you think about it, in essence, that's really what God wants you to have it all. You don't have to, but he wants you to have it all so that you can be the best that you can be for him, so that you can be the most effective for him. Because we are the children of God. We represent Christ. And God is not the kind of God that does not have no power. He has all power and his representatives uh, demonstrate that power in the earth. So God wants you to have all three. So be sure to go back and look at those scriptures, uh, scripture references in more detail. I just didn't have time, but I just kind of hit them um, today. But now you know that when you see that it's baptisms, that there are three separate baptisms and you should be able to describe what those who who does those three separate baptisms and what they are and um everything like that so praise god we're going to end in a word of prayer father god i thank you today i thank you for all those that are listening lord i thank you lord god that you have made a way for us to be in the family of god and that once we repent of our sins father god i thank you that you activate that baptism by the holy spirit and i thank you that we are in the body of Christ. I pray for those that may have not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit that right now in the name of Jesus, 
If you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just put your hands upon your belly and say, Father God, baptize me in the Holy Ghost. And just begin to thank God until that wonderful, beautiful, heavenly language comes out. And Father God, I thank you right now for the power of the Holy Spirit for infilling those that are listening under the sound of my voice, Father God, with your precious Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. As always, remember the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Revelations from the Heart podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with someone in your life. Share this podcast on your social media networks. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and you can find the links to all my pages at my website at www.paulacornette.weebly.com. God bless you and hope you will take time to listen again soon.